We're in a season in the life of our church, really between now uh, and Pentecost, which is um, the 4th of June, I believe, um, where we're just taking a little bit of time to explore our mission uh, and vision as a church. Uh, Last week, if you were here, uh, you might remember we talked a little bit about uh, change um, and how change, I don't know if you remember, we talked about change has an ability to provoke, uh, provoke something in us, um, and we can have different responses uh, to change. Often our initial response to change um, isn't always logical. I don't know if you've noticed that. When things change, we often uh, have an emotional response. We um, change has an ability to make us feel something first, and um, and uh, and uh, you know, uh, and really, how we respond uh, to change is different for for all of us. Part of the reason why we were talking about change was we were uh, really talking about some important changes going on in in the life of our church. Uh, you know, one of the big things that we talked about last week was this, this idea that we're going to be, in the autumn term, we're going to be going to two morning services. Um, and um, we, we were attempting to make more room. Uh, some of you were asking, you know, what will that feel like? It will feel like this morning, okay? With half the church missing, because it's the bank holiday weekend, and our youth uh, who have all gone to DTI, then probably both services will kind of feel like it feels now. Uh, and so we want to make some space uh, to grow, that we figured that if we go to two morning services, uh, we will be able to make room for about another 100 people, that's adults and children. And so if you missed any of that, then you can catch up on the podcast, you can um, uh, hear what we talked about then, you can also uh, go to the website, we've got a, a tab on the website that says Making Room, uh, which just tells you a little bit more about our plans and what we, we hope to do. Um, you know, one of the main motivators in all of this is that we believe Jesus is in the business of uh, growing his church. And, and we as people are called to, to respond to what he's doing. And the, the kind of imagery that we use, you might remember, is like of a, a family sitting around a big table. And, you know, one of those tables with big, long benches. And, and there's this idea that we're, we're being asked to shuffle up the bench, uh, to shuffle up the bench and make some more room uh, for more people to come and sit at the table and taste and see uh, uh, what's good and what God is doing. And so, so that's where we started uh, last week, talking a little bit about change. Um, this week, I want to continue uh, thinking about making room for others. Uh, and I want to think about this idea of building a culture of renewal, that often we have this phrase uh, that we use that we're joining God in the renewal of all things. And you know, I I come from a, a design background, so I like to think of you know snappy things and things that express things. But I'm conscious when we band around these kind of sentences and words, some, sometimes we we don't always know what's attached to them, what what it means, and so. Although I'm not going to do this subject justice uh, this morning, um, we, we're going to have an attempt to like, do a little bit of an intro to this idea of a culture of renewal. 
Um, if you would like to explore this some more, then I would really encourage you to sign up, as Tom just mentioned, to Discovering Central Vineyard, which is just a two-week course that we're going to be running in May, which kind of just unpacks really some of this stuff that I'm going to be talking about this morning, just unpacks what we really mean by joining God in the renewal of all things. And so I'm not going to do it that much justice this morning. If you, if you kind of get an appetite for that, then there's a good reason to sign up um, for Discovering Central Vineyard in a couple of weeks' time. So if you've got a Bible, um, why don't you turn to Revelation uh, chapter 21. It's right at the end of your Bible, so it's really easy to find. Uh, Revelation 21, it's just before the maps uh, in the back of your Bible. And I just want to read the first five verses of Revelation 21. <coughs> um, but let's, let's quickly pray before we do that. Father, we just, um, we just thank you uh, for your presence, Lord. We thank you that you just you want to inhabit all that we do, Lord. You want to be near us. Uh, you want to be close to us. You want to touch and transform our lives, Lord. I pray this morning we would again get a glimpse for your mission in the world, Lord. What it is you're doing, Lord. And, and may we be people who choose to join you in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, Revelation 21, uh, it says this. And this is uh, John um, the Apostle John, who um, was in exile, and he has a, a series of visions, which, which is essentially what the book of Revelation is about, often quite apocalyptic in nature. And, um, and, and it says this, he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming da- down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for a husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne say, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be, be-, be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Now this is a, a kind of peculiar passage. It's not just because it's in the book of, uh, of Revelation. Um, but because it actually challenges a little bit of our understanding of heaven and eternity. Um, and I don't know if this is something that God wants to talk to us about this morning, but I understand that this is what our kids are talking about this morning as well, and we didn't plan it. Um, and so it must be God. Um, but you see, many of us have been brought up in church, and we've hung on to this notion uh, that one day we will escape this mortal coil, uh, the earth, and we'll get to go to heaven. But when we read a passage like this, it, it seems to imply something slightly different. So rather than escaping down here and going up there, it actually sounds like 
up there is coming down here. And this notion of heaven uh, colliding into earth and, and how we understand it, you know, it's, it's not the end of the story. But in fact, it's, it's, the, it's the climax of what God is doing in making all things new. And this idea isn't limited uh, to the book of Revelation. Um, in fact, um, the Apostle John, um, when, when he says, when he talks about this is eternal life, this is exactly what he's talking about. When, it's what Paul means when he talks about the kingdom. It's a Jesus in, in Matthew 19 and verse 28. He actually uses this phrase, the renewal of all things. Peter, in his first sermon in Acts chapter 3, he talks about a time coming when God will restore everything. And then Paul in Colossians 1, we could, have, we could have looked at Colossians instead of Revelation this morning, but Colossians 1, he talks about God reconciling to himself all things. And so what does all things mean? Well, it means all things. And see, the problem is, is that in, in, in church circles, we... We've become really good at reducing what God has done to soul and spirit. We, we reduce it uh, to this kind of hairy fairy kind of thing, where, where we see our, ourselves escaping the physicality of this world. But all things means all things. It's the, it's the renewing of the cosmos. It's, it's the renewing of the earth. As the great 80s singing prophet, Belinda Carlisle said, it's heaven is a place on earth. Ooh, baby. <laughs> in 2 Peter chapter 3, he says this. He said, in verse 13, he says, but in keeping with his promise... We are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. And you see, the implications of what this is suggesting is it isn't, it isn't heaven in the sense of this place where some transcendent being lives, God lives. But in fact, he's reminding us, he's pointing us back to Genesis 1.1 uh, and this idea that God created the heavens and the earth, the sky and land, the space, cosmos, the planets. And it's pointing to this idea of, of recreation. It's pointing to, towards a new, a new Eden. And so when we talk about something new, it doesn't mean to say, we've taken the old thing, we've screwed it up, and we've thrown it away, and we've forgotten about it. You know, we haven't taken something and, and put something brand new in its place. That, that word in the Greek uh, for new uh, is kainos. And it carries this idea that we're taking something that's old and making it new again. It's kind of like your favorite piece of furniture maybe in your house that's a little bit tatty and worn out. And, but you love to sit in it and um, relax and 
And if you imagine taking that piece of furniture and getting someone to reupholster it, that's the, the connotation of God doing new things. It's kind of like this old thing has been made new again. You see, that's the fullness of the gospel, isn't it? That's, that's the full story of the gospel. In our kids' ministry, we often talk about God's big story, uh, that, that God is making all things new. He's reconciling all things to himself. He's taking the broken pieces of our world and our lives and putting them back together. He's bringing them back together. And as a church, us, as, as members of Christ's body, we have a part to play in God's renewal project. We, we have a role in that. Now, there are a number of different metaphors uh, for the church, isn't there? There's um, this idea that the church is the family of God, uh, that we are the, the bride of Christ, that we're a holy nation of priests. Yet one of the most important pictures of the church is this idea of the church being like an embassy, an embassy of King Jesus, uh, that we're to be his representatives wherever we find ourselves. And so if we understand how an embassy works, it, it kind of represents a kingdom or a country by being placed in, a, in another place. Yeah, in, a, in, a, in another area. And so, and I don't know if you've ever noticed this, sometimes embassies can be referred to as missions. And so we can, you know, the, the British consular can have a, a mission in China or a mission in India. And so, in many ways, that's the same as the church. Then things, we don't have a mission. We are the mission. We're an outpost of the mission of God in the world. And so we gather here each Sunday, we gather here as missionaries. You might not know that, but we gather here as missionaries and ambassadors, and then we're sent back out again, aren't we? And so we gather in order to scatter. We, we, we gather here and we worship, we get filled up, we, we're encouraged and we build one another up and then we're scattered again into our workplaces, into our schools, into our universities, and into our neighbourhoods. And you see, the implications of all of this, and you will have to come to Discovering Central Vineyard to really understand the implications of all this, is that salvation is more than saving souls. It's actually about birthing a new humanity. It's about um, birthing a new humanity that is fully alive. And so the question we're kind of asking this morning is, what does that look like for us? You know, we're talking about uh, mission and vision. Um, How do we respond to this big story that we're caught up in? This, This idea that God is making all things new. You see, our our vision as a church really flows out of this theological understanding that we're joining God in the renewal of all things, that actually our vision isn't so much shaped um, by the church itself. You know, having a vision for church, although 
that's a good thing to have. It's a good goal. I think it's probably simply too low a goal. And actually, we believe Jesus is calling us to have a bigger vision, uh, that we wouldn't settle for a, a, a vision just for church, that actually we would pursue a vision for our city, uh, that, we, that we believe Jesus is in, interested in, in renewing all things in Northampton and beyond. And so everything that we do as a church is orientated towards the welfare of our city. That often we talk about bringing communities to life. And some of you say, well, Northampton's not a city. And I know it's not a city, it's a town, I know that. But Tim Keller says that um, wherever culture emanates, that's a city. And, and, and culture emanates from 200,000 people. We can't help it. And so on, that, on those grounds, we, we are a city. And so for this season that we're in, we've often talked about six themes or six headers, if you like, that shape what we do. They shape how we respond to joining God in the renewal of all things. And... Um, and some of you will be familiar with these six things. Some of you would have forgotten three of them. Um, but what I want to do is I just want to run through these six things and, and kind of attach to that, um, you know, some things that are going on now in terms of our attempt to respond to what we feel uh, God is saying to us. And so the, fir- the first one of those six themes is, is this idea of prayer that fuels mission. You know, we believe prayer changes things, that uh, prayer has the ability to shape the mission, but also shape our city uh, and the welfare of our city. Uh, a key passage of scripture has been Jeremiah 29, 7, seek the peace and prosperity of the city. You know, the, the place I've called you to, pray to the Lord for it, because if, if the city prospers, you too prosper. And while some of us may have a real calling to pray, to hold the baton of prayer, all of us as believers are actually called to pray, aren't we? We're all called to pray. And you know, we don't want prayer to be like this rubber stamp we put on our our good ideas. You know, I've got this great idea, I suppose I better pray about it. We don't want to take that kind of mentality but actually, we want prayer to be like the secret sauce, you know, the, the secret ingredient in all that we do. And so there are a number of practical ways that we can do that. Um, one of them is um, we want to invite you all again uh, to a week of prayer from the 14th uh, to the 18th of May. Uh, and there's going to be some different opportunities to pray. Uh, we're going to be praying for Alpha, which I'm going to talk about in a moment. Um, we're going to be war prayer, prayer walking um, and just um, praying about the social and, and spiritual and cultural renewal of our city. Um, and so we really want to encourage all of you to engage in that way you can and come and be part of that. Uh, and then the week after... Um, there's something going on globally uh, called Thy Kingdom Come. And so it starts on the 
5th of May and takes us right through to uh, the 4th of June. And, um, and so we want to encourage everyone, if they can, to join in this global wave of, of prayer. Uh, it's actually spearheaded by, um, by ABC, the Archbishop of Canterbury, um, who um, has set up this, this whole organisation, Thy Kingdom Come, and just calling the church wide and, and broad to come together and pray. And so uh, during this season, we would love as many of you uh, to engage with that. And so uh, more details will come. And there's also an idea of, of having like a prayer school uh, where we create environments where people can pray, can learn to pray, learn to pray in different ways. And so we don't want prayer to be this kind of forced thing. Or, you know, um, my, my idea of a prayer meeting growing up in church was it was the place where certain people went to sleep um, intentionally. Um, but actually, we want our prayer to be full of uh, dynamic inspiration. We want God to do wonderful things in the midst of, of prayer. And so we, flow, we want it to flow out of the life of who we are. So I just want to encourage you to watch this space. We, we always have seasons in the life of the church where we call we call you to pray, and so we've got that to look forward to uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, the second theme is releasing leaders that impact culture. So we're really committed uh, to train and equip the next generation of leaders um, because we, we want them to have a lasting impact on our culture and, um, and to truly lean into a culture of renewal means we need to lean into not just raising up people to lead small groups, uh, which we do need to do, and we don't want to just raise up people to plant churches, uh, um, but we want to do that too. But we also want to raise up entrepreneurs. We, we, want, to, we want to start businesses. We, we want to raise people up to um, you know, release people as designers and media experts. We want to we want to release uh, people who are called to teach or those who are in the healthcare profession and that they would be people, men and women, who shape the institutions uh, that they're, they're part of. That's what it means to kind of release culture, doesn't it? That's what it means to partake uh, in the culture around us, to have a culture of renewal, uh, to see all things made new. And, and, and so, again... Come to Discovering Central Vineyard. If that's you, if you've got a burning passion to start a business, if you've got a, a desire to, to make a difference in your vocation, then come along. We, we want to inspire you. Okay, so releasing leaders that impact culture. Um, the next one would be disciples uh, that make disciples. And so we want to grow in our own discipleship of Jesus. We want to invest and train one another. Uh, one new development is um, Paul, Paul Veal over on the media. Has, um, he's agreed to take on some of our training elements that happen in the life of the church. And so over the summer, uh, he's going to be helping us shape some of our discipleship tools. And so when we, when we launch our next open month, that we're going to have a, hopefully a whole series of things roll out that you can plug into in terms of sort of just training and development, growing as a disciple. Um, Paul is also overseeing hub training, uh, which is um, our national uh, vineyard leadership training program. We have a site here uh, which meets um, 
once a month on a Monday evening. Um, and, and also, we're just helping us with our engagement with Vineyard Institute, which is um, really the kind of theological wing of the vineyard. And so, if anybody is thinking, I want to grapple with things theologically, I want to kind of go a bit deeper, then VI might be something for you to explore. Uh, not only do we want to grow uh, in our own discipleship, but we also want to make disciples in the process. And um, you know, one of the things that I feel quite compelled to do personally is just lean into evangelism again. Um, that those, the words that Paul says to Timothy says, do the work of an evangelist. And you see, the implications of that is, is that Timothy wasn't an evangelist. I'm not an evangelist. Timmy, Timothy wasn't an evangelist. And he's like, I know you're not an evangelist, but I want you to do evangelism. And, and I just really feel that that's something that the Lord's saying to us, that uh, we need to lean into some of these things. And it's really easy to shy away from evangelism, isn't it? It's really easy to kind of pull back. You know, I'd, I'll, go and, I'll go and feed the poor. Um, you know, I'll donate to the food bank. But please don't ask me to do evangelism. Um, but we really feel it's something we need to lean into and something we need to invest in. This summer, we're running Alpha again. And uh, we want to encourage all of you uh, to be invitational. Um, We're going to talk more about that next week. Um, uh, But the reality is now we've got our own space. It makes running things like Alpha uh, really easy. Some of you might remember the last time we launched Alpha, we had about 200 guests. And it was just a bit crazy. The police showed up. Um, You know, all the best parties have the police show up. Um, And and, and so... uh, (laughs) And so having our own space to run Alpha is just um, going to be great. And we just want that to be a, something that we continually offer as we, as we invite others um, across our city to explore what it means to follow Jesus. Um, we want to get back on, on the streets um, and uh, re-engage with healing on the streets again. We'll be talking about that in the coming months And um, we also want to invite others who are further down the road than us in this. You know, God seems to be doing a number of things all over the country with evangelism and equipping just ordinary people like you and me. And so we want to try and engage with some of those people and sort of say, come and teach us. Come and show us what to do. Come and inspire us uh, with, with your stories of what God is doing, and so um, you know, as as time goes by, we want to try and connect with some of those people. The next theme I am rushing: um, restoring justice and compassion. We love all that God is doing through our, our compassion ministry, and um, and the stuff that happens in this building during the week uh, since opening here. Um, we're now seeing about um, 80 or 90 people accessing our drop-in every week. Some of them receiving food bank parcels, others coming to get a hot meal um, and a place to chat, a place to get advice. We have a, a citizen's advice advisor who comes into our drop-in once a week. Uh, we have a number of creative things going on. We have a kind of like a creative workshop that happens uh, once a week, which is really kind of like a, an outlet for people to express themselves and, um, you know, and do that through the process of 
creativity. Um, we're about to partner uh, with some local midwives, um, and um, hopefully they're going to come alongside our uh, parent and tots group, The Nest, um, and that's going to be opening up our doors to just a number of vulnerable parents and, and, and families and, and those about to have babies. Um, God bless them. Um, and, you know, we would love every single one of us to be involved uh, in our compassion ministry in some way, um, whether that's leaving a food donation for the food bank. And um, as you can see, we've got this wonderful trolley, which is going to be positioned there every Sunday, okay? And so um, we would love to see that overfilled every Sunday. So you might want to contribute in a simple way like that, or you might want to uh, get involved and just come and be amongst those that we're touching every single week and reaching out to. We're reaching out to some of Northampton's most vulnerable people, and uh, it's a privilege and an honor for us to be involved in doing that. Okay, the next one is the next generation. It's just exciting to see what God's doing in our kids and youth. I don't know if you've noticed. Um, about 20 of our youth are away this weekend at DTI. I can guarantee they will come back transformed, um, and God will do some wonderful things. And um, about two years ago, we began to ask ourselves, how can we uh, better include our children in the whole of church life? And um, how can we go from kids being just a, a childcare issue to being completely integrated into all that we do. And that's been a, it's been a painful process at times, hasn't it? Some of you as parents have told me, I'm here to worship. I don't want to hold my kid's hand. Um, um, but actually, it feels like it's paid off. That as we've made that, that transition, as we've included our kids in, the, in our expression of worship together, they begin to catch something. They begin to see something. They begin to see their parents worshipping God. Uh, and, and you know what? When they're, when they're 16, 17, church then isn't some like alien environment that they come into because they get to experience it every, every single week. And so, um, you know, and we want to do that um, because our kids are the are the church today, aren't they? They're not just the church of tomorrow. We, the kids are fully integrated into who we are today. And so, um, but we also know that what we invest now is, is shaping the future. Uh, and not only does it shape the future of our church, but it also shapes the future of our city. Because many of our kids will be the business people we release Many of our kids will be the entrepreneurs, the teachers, the designers, the, the filmmakers, the engineers, the musicians, the church planters, the doctors, the lawyers, the charity workers. They're the ones who we're going to be releasing. Some of them in like five or six years' time. And that's, that's really important to us, that we want to invest well in what God's doing with our kids. And really what we want to do is we want to unashamedly uh, have kids and young people who are passionately in love with Jesus, who, who want to discover the cause of his kingdom for themselves. That, you know, my prayer is that our kids would overtake us. 
that they would be the ones who lead us. They would be the ones that show us what it means to pursue the kingdom, that they would be ruined for his mission uh, and his kingdom message to make all things new. And so it's just some exciting things that God's doing around our kids. And then lastly, uh, networks and neighbourhoods, this last theme. We want to we bring life to Northampton and the surrounding areas and, um, and see Jesus impact and transform the places where we exist. And for some of us, that might be a workplace, it might be our school, it might be a campus, it might be the street where we live. And we want to kind of continue to discover that, la- that lost art of neighbouring and just being present with the people around us. And we want to see ordinary people like, like you and me plant seeds of the kingdom in the various communities, networks, neighbourhoods uh, that are here in Northampton and beyond. And so the other bit of exciting news that is uh, attached to that is, um, is regarding David and Elaine Roberts, who um, some of you will know. Um, these guys have been coming here for just over a year now, um, but they've been travelling here from Cambridgeshire. That, that's commitment. Some of you think you've got it bad because you have to come from, like, I don't know, Hunsbury. Um, <coughs> uh, but they've been travelling here all the way from uh, Cambridgeshire. And uh, a few years ago, they just felt God stirring something in them um, and stirring them to move. And, um, and so this summer, uh, David and Lane are going to be moving to uh, Kettering, or Kettering, uh, as some of you say. And, um, and there's, a, there's an expressed desire, really, to, to see something planted there. Uh, whether that would be a site or a satellite of a central vineyard, uh, which is really exciting, a really exciting development. And, um, you know, when God first called Tammy and I uh, to plant this church here in Northampton, um, we didn't feel particularly called to plant like a big, massive church. Um, but what we did feel called to do is, is plant a church with enough resource that would, would then go and plant other things. And, um, you know, one of the pictures that were given to us probably 10, 15 years ago was this idea of us planting like a hub, which had a number of different spokes uh, coming off it. And, and we just really felt that some of those spokes were just like different expressions of this church existing in other locations. And, uh, and so we're really excited about that. And so I've asked David and Elaine to just come and say hello to you. Um, let's get a microphone. Why don't you give them a round of applause? Yeah, come here. So um, it's on. So why don't you um, give us like the the three minute version of who you are? So I thought you said forty. No, no, definitely three. Um, who you are? How you met Jesus? That sort of thing. Oh, we're not going about that far. <laughs> goes back a long time. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll go back seven years because we felt God saying to us about getting involved in church planting. Now, we kind of like, we're, I'm a bit old in the tooth, so and church planting seems like a, a young person's game, if I'm honest. Um, but actually, um, what we feel we want to do is actually be part of that kind of new expression of church and support others and be a team, be part of a team. 
Uh, one of the things that I think attracted us here when we were looking at uh, the whole process of church planting and doing the hub training uh, was the kind of flat leadership structure. So you come here on a Sunday, and I remember the first Sunday we ever came, I think Anya came up to us and said, I'm part of the leadership team. And we were kind of like, whoa, that's impressive. You know, there isn't a kind of hierarchy. Um, there is a hierarchy, but it's a very flat hierarchy. You know, it's not, it's not really overwhelming. Um, and so it's all about, you know, us working together. And I think what we feel is that we want to be part of something where we support and encourage others. Um, so we, we, about seven years ago, we felt that. We started going some days. And, uh, and then we got lost off the mailing list. And about four years ago, it kind of nudged again. And at the time, we were living in a house, we were thinking of selling and moving to a, a different place, and the door closed for us, and we just couldn't do that. Um, so we set ourselves to fast and pray. Um, and, uh, you know, hearing God's voice, learning to hear what he's saying to us can be quite complicated, but there's some... It's been really exciting, actually, as we've done that. And um, if you really want to know a bit more about uh, what we're thinking of doing, well, just listen to Steve's talk again, because actually he's covered a whole lot of things that God's been speaking to us about. Um, and, uh, you know, all those, all those different, those six different things. So it's quite amazing, um, really. How, how about you, Elaine? You, you had an interesting kind of, like, God spoke to you. Um, yes, yeah, I was, um, well, as David said, about seven years ago, we got this sort of moving to think about being involved in some sort of church planting, and uh, a few years ago, I was just driving to work, and um, God clearly spoke to me and said, Northampton, and I, I've got, I had no relationship with Northampton at that point, but everything about Northampton kind of drew me in, um, and then uh, a couple of years after that, um, my work relocated to Rushton, and um, since then, it's kind of been growing, really, that feeling of being drawn towards Northampton. Don't want to go to Northampton. <laughs> Don't want to go to Kettering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so you've, to... bought, you've bought a house. You've already yeah. bought a house. Yeah. Why Kettering? Why Kettering? Kettering. Well, we, we, we drove miles around um, the sort of northeast of Northampton, not sure where we should be, and we kept going to places and saying, no, this isn't right. And we went to North, um, Kettering, and it was a bit of a rainy day, and we were driving around, and I said to David, no, not Kettering, don't want to come here. And then we went to this, uh, a place called Berto Manor, a new estate that's been built, and we went there, and I said, no, not here. And um, God really sort of spoke, spoke to me, and we went, uh, we decided we'd go back to Kettering and just have a look around again, and a prayer walk. And the night before, I had a very vivid dream that I was walking through some streets, but the, the road was water, and I was walking with Jesus on water through the streets. And this was the night before, and we walked around Kettering the next day, and both David and I independently got the same Bible verse. Um, I'll let him tell you what it was. Um, but also, some of you might know Alan Scott, and all while walking around Kettering, all I could hear was his voice saying, bringing life to the city, and I thought, okay, Lord, I'll do it. So the, the verse was, um, and, and I think this is a feature really of, I suppose, what you'd call working industrial towns like Kettering, uh, like Northampton in some ways, a bit faded, a bit struggling, not quite glorious, of the, the, they might have had 150 years ago. Um, and we walked around and you just got this scripture, you know, 
that Jesus saw the people harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And we both got that scripture on the same day. So, you know, stuff that Steve just talked about, about justice for the needy and the poor, renewing the cities, it's all been very much part of our journey. And we, we haven't even talked to him about that particularly. We don't really quite know exactly what it is we're going to be doing. I think our start is to start building relationships um, with new people, with people in churches locally, because actually, you know, I very strongly believe there is only one church in Kettering. Might have different congregations, different styles, different uh, expressions, but there is only one church in Kettering. There is only one church in Northampton. We are one church. I don't quite do things the way some churches do things. got a particular style that I like. But actually what we're going to do is go and look for where the kingdom of God is expressing itself in that place and bless it. One of the things God said to me was, whatever you pray for yourselves what you're going to be doing, pray for a double blessing on the other churches in Kettering. Pray for a double blessing on them because actually they're honestly wanting to serve God in, those, in that place as, they are, as the other churches are in this town here. Um, and we, you know, if God double blesses them and just blesses us, then that would be great if the kingdom of God is extended and that's what we want to see. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? No? I think that's it. Why don't you give her a big round of applause? We'll make sure we, um, we pray for these guys. Um, but these guys are planting themselves in a particular geography. And they're starting by planting seeds of the gospel where they are. And over time... We'll give them time to settle in, of course. Um, but over time, they might start some small groups uh, and people will start gathering around them. And eventually, um, we believe we're going to see another gathered community like this one in that location. Now, the beauty of what we're planning to do is that we get to, be, we get to stay connected. We get to share resources. We have one legal identity and we free these guys up and those that might join them to focus on, on the mission of bringing the renewal of all things to, to Kettering. And uh, uh, maybe in the coming weeks and months, God will speak to some of you. And he might say to you, you need to go and join them. And you, you need to go and be part of what I'm going to do there. And, and if that's you, just be open to what the Lord uh, might say. And so these are exciting times for us uh, as a church. And... Um, and in many ways, the last few years has, has really been about God formal, formalizing something in us, that we began this journey of exploration a few years ago. What does it mean to bring life uh, to the city around us? What does it mean to be part of God reconciling all things to himself? What does it mean to be part of the renewal of all things? And I guess the challenge is, is how does that affect us personally? What does that look like on a personal level? What am I doing in joining God in the renewal of all things? And so to finish up, we've got some uh, slips of paper that we're going to pass round. And there's, a, there's a, simple, a simple question. Um, and it, and it, it says on this paper, joining God in the renewal of... Dot, dot, dot. So if all things 
means all things, then what would you put in that place? Do you want to give them it? What would you put in place? Are you, has God called you to join him in the renewal of education? Has God called you to join him in the renewal of health care? Maybe he's called you to join him in the renewal of business or, or banking or commerce. Maybe he's called you to join him in the renewal of, of media or arts. Maybe he's called you to join him in the renewal of coffee or design or app development. Maybe he's called you to join him in the renewal of your street, your neighbourhood, the community or village where you live. Maybe he's called you to join him in the renewal of a a particular people group, students, young mums, single parents, homeless, marginalised, the disadvantaged. What's that thing that you are joining God in the renewal of? And so what we want you to do is just put something. And if you're brave enough, put your name as well. Obviously, putting your name has more implications. Um, Now, for some of us, this is easy. This is a really easy exercise because there's, there's things that burn in your heart. When you think about God reconciling all things to himself, you think, oh, I so want him to do this. I so want this thing to change. I, I so want to make a difference in this sphere of influence. But others of you might need to think, what would I put in that gap? And maybe it's something you do vocationally. Maybe it's something you do as a hobby. Maybe it's, it's this thing that's just burnt in the, in the back of your mind and heart for so long. But the point we're trying to make is that we're all called to join God in the renewal of all things. That he's making all things new. That it's not just about souls going to heaven when they die. That actually he's making a new heaven and a new earth. And it's going to be made new. This, this place that seems a bit destructive at times, this, this place that seems full of pain and suffering and sorrow, is one day going to be made new. And we're invited into that story. We're invited to play a part in that story. And these are exciting times, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Amen.